0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Groomer podcast. I am joined here today by a husband and wife uh, couple. They are taking the grooming industry by storm uh, through a grooming salon and retail front called Alford's Angels. Uh, I want to introduce you guys to Amanda and Delian. Uh, they are so gracious to be here today. Thank you guys so much for coming on and for joining us.
1: Thanks, yeah, for, having us. thanks for having us.
0: Perfect. Uh, so I want to start a little bit uh, in the early days, pre-retail store. You know, you guys didn't grow up with Alfred's Angels. Um, how did you guys get into grooming? And And I know Amanda, you are more of the groomer of the two. I'm not sure if we trust Delian with a pair of scissors yet. Um <laughs>
1: Not scissors. Some nail trimmers, but not okay. the scissors.
2: <laughs> but Amanda, how did you, how did we this did, all start? We had as? Had this since we grew up. Technically, because we planned it out in 2015. Oh my gosh. Okay. But so walk us through down. that.
0: So what was the insight in 2015 that you guys started planning this?
1: Well, so I'm an animal lover, right? So when I knew I wanted to do something that had to do with animals, dogs specifically. So I actually went to school to be a vet tech. So I thought I was going to be this vet and I was going to save all the animals and all of that stuff. Um, I got into school and I hated vet tech. It was not my thing. Luckily, during that time, I started um, working at, can I say names, PetSmart? <laughs> PetSmart. So, you know, a high corporate salon. Um, sure. And I began bathing dogs. Um, funny enough, my mother—we owned standard poodles our our whole life, and my mom used to groom groom them, but she had no idea what she was doing. Um, oh my gosh! But I, so I found myself in a salon, and I started bathing, and I and I really started to enjoy it, and I really got into it, um, and then I they sent me off to grooming academy. Where honestly, I did not learn much there at Grooming Academy. it wasn't until they sent me back into the store where I had um, hands-on experience grooming a hundred dogs uh, for my train for training purposes. Um, yeah. And that's how that's how I got into it. You know, I just kind of went to find a job that had to do with dogs because I was already you know going for vet tech. Um, but I discovered I loved it so, so much, and it became my passion, uh, dog grooming.
0: That's amazing. And Delian, were
2: you with Amanda uh, at this time, or was this yeah.
0: pre-meeting Amanda?
2: No, I was with her at this time. I was just doing stuff in the um, music industry and like the entertainment world, nice. you know, doing events and stuff like that. But and did, did you think Amanda was crazy for doing uh doing this dog grooming thing? No, no, I actually thought it was good for her because I know like I know how she is, but like the, when in, when you're a vet tech, you deal with the good, the bad, and the ugly. With grooming, you just deal with the good sometimes the scruffy you know the
1: ugly is a little bit different than the ugly side of that right Uh, right, (laughs)
2: right, right, of it so yeah you know you love dogs you should still work with dogs but maybe that's not for you if you don't feel good when you come home so right (laughs) all right
0: right. all right yeah it's it's a better side right yeah you're right the ugly of grooming is maybe a matted poodle right (laughs) Right. versus the ugly of a vet you know the vet's world i mean that could be all sorts of you know yeah, horrible things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> the, the the main part I wanted to avoid. Um, right. You know, no, 100 Animals down and stuff like that. You see in sick dogs all the time. Grooming, it's a whole different ball game. I still get that that need of me being able to care for the dog. Um, but I also get to be creative. So it was like, wow, this is this is awesome. And during the time when I began grooming, I hated where I was grooming at. So and was that,
0: that was that big corporate still? Is that where you're big headed? Big
1: corporate. Yep. Yeah, yep. I was at yeah. big corporate for a minute, but when I, as soon as I started um, grooming, you know, my husband Jillian, he had more of the entrepreneurial mindset more than than I did. But I remember coming home and telling him I was always stressed. It was always a stressful work environment. The groomers were stressed. The dogs were stressed. It was horrible. Even though I loved what I was doing, it was a horrible working, you know, environment. And I told my idea of, you know, if I ran a salon, it would be Alfred's Angels. What's funny was we weren't married at the time, but, you know, we we had two children. Um, But it would be Alfred's Angels, and I would do it completely opposite from how corporate salons, you know, do it.
0: I love that. So let's get right into Alfred's Angels. I mean, when you guys had this plan, you know, take me back to those days on the couch where you guys are sitting Uh out, hey, If we're going to do a salon, we're going to do it like this, you know, this kind of idealistic view. And then let's walk through, obviously, once you guys got it going, all the things you guys might have overestimated or underestimated, et cetera. But let's go back to the beginning here. What was that dream salon? What did it look like back in the day when you left, you know, when you would come home from big corporate and, you know, think about this is what I want.
1: Yeah, I mean, from the get-go, it was, my goal was to make grooming a positive experience. I wanted a positive environment for myself, group, the groomers, and the dogs, and the owners coming in. You know, you hear so many horror stories, mm-hmm. you know, in corporate settings. I did not want that to be, you know, my story with my salon. Um, Dillion introduced me, so way back when, he introduced me to a, a book um, by Napoleon Hill, 17 Laws of Success.
2: Yeah, think and grow rich, 17 laws it, of success, same difference. Yeah. So, so during bucks. that
1: time yeah. that helped me really um envision what I wanted to create. And this was back in 20, 2010. Mind you, we did not open up Alfred's Angels until 2019. This was um, like 2013. Oh, 2013. 2014 ish. 2013 yeah. ish, yes. Um, so we began to manifest it. You know, it was it was we wanted to be a stress free environment crepe free natural products we wrote down the business plan we had it all laid out mm-hmm. um but due to life we were we were young parents we had a lot going on you know we we couldn't get started right away but it was always um something that we you know that we talked about we're going to start this family owned business this is how it's going to be but in the meantime i continued grooming i actually groomed in other salons helped get other salons started <coughs> and yeah what are we are we fast forwarding
2: now to no 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 that's great that's a Let me great just like- give my perspective real quick because yeah for example the salon we have right now is the same exact salon we planned out on the couch years ago so interestingly enough we probably would have started it sooner but we d- we decided to have our wedding that would cost it a lot of thousands you know then we decided to move and we were we just had a lot was going on yeah. so once we Life were able home. to get we knew we were living at a certain place for a while we married She's an out for now. The last name's there. We everything was just set to go. You know, we were just like, let's take that, let's make that jump. Because the previous two salons she worked at, they didn't have a pre-existing grooming salon. They were like daycare centers and stuff. And then she would start the grooming portion. Then they'll hire more groomers and then just give her less, not not give her the respect she deserves. So I'm like, you started two salons, let's start. All right. Got it. Start the one. No, I meet. mean, and honestly, that probably in
0: hindsight turned out a little bit better because Amanda, you got to learn and go through the, let's call it the, the trials and tribulations of starting up a grooming practice from scratch on other people's dimes twice. Mm-hmm. And now when it was your guys and and your names are on the line, your money's on the line, you know, you've got a whole family and you know life to manage now, you had two two goes at it before you guys got started. So I love that vision. i mean i know you said it just kind of happened
2: but sorry because i got i got it this is very important right so a part of her starting those other salons was because she built such a clientele at the big corporate store so when she went they they said hey you want to try grooming here and she said sure i have a clientele and then they all follow and then she moved somewhere else they all follow then she moved here they all so now we just build them on top of that at this point which gave
1: us the you know the now we could jump into it right we have the clientele we know we could pay our bills going into this you That's know exactly how i
2: mapped it out i'm like yeah. how many dogs a week do we need to groom to pay of just a rent and like you know stuff like that and then we kind of mapped it out so
0: let's walk through that process um delian because i know i love how entrepreneurial you are it's so cool that you read those napoleon hill books um you know it's, it's awesome to bring that sort of perspective in the grooming world because a lot of people in the grooming world aren't as entrepreneurial or they don't even know where to start right um so tell me how you thought through you know take a step by step how you thought through all right now that amanda's got her book of business here she's got her clientele was your first step to go find the retail space was it i know you guys did the business plan and stuff like that so you already had that so wait walk me through like what was that first step
2: so first step was to make it a real business llc articles organization all of these, all of the good stuff that comes with start, starting a business on paper, then you go find a location. So when you find a location, you get different rates and stuff like that. But ours is, we're on Kenmore and Colvin, which is right by the highway. I always want a place near the highway because, you know, people you are traveling from from Orchard yeah. Park. They're coming from West Seneca. I'm, I don't know if you're not from here, but that's a like 30 minute drives, you know? So for the most part, yeah, it was just that. And then I'm like, okay, the base price of grooming is this due to market research. So I gotta look at all the prices of all the grooming salons in surrounding areas and come up with an average. Okay, this is the average. Now each grooming salon has their niche. You know, you got some that do agent infusion, some that only do prize grooms, some that just take the dog, shave them, throw them, take them, shave them, <laughs> throw them. So so you got you got to figure out your niche. And then we already had our niche put on paper though years before. So it was just like, okay, base price here and just go from there got it so to reflect it seems like you guys
0: understood or you guys had the clientele you understood the base cost you focused on location and then mm-hmm. you picked a niche um, once you guys kind of got those four things those were the four pillars of starting alfred's angels i'm curious amanda you probably had a pretty big say because of your clientele and what this niche was from a Germer's perspective walk me through how you guys picked your niche and what that niche is
1: well i think our niche was really natural to us and who we are, right? We're positive people. You know, we we want we want to give a positive experience. I'm a people's person too. I think you'll hear from a lot of groomers, you know, I started grooming because I don't like people. I only like dogs. It's like, no, you have to be a people person. And we're both people person. I'm such a, a dog lover. Um so my niche was it was really natural just to create that vibe, that family vibe. We're super family oriented. So I want to, you know, my customers are like family to me. And I think you'll find different in other salons, you know, you're just, oh, foo's coming in to get, okay. You know, we really build that relationship. I'm really big on communication. Um, so those that was like the foundation, you know, my clients, they like me, And, you know, and I also had the skill and the love, you know, to really produce some really great, some really great grooms. Um, So that's kind of how I, I mean, I picked the niche. It was, it was really natural. So in the salon, you'll notice that um, we're crate free. um, We're one-on-one grooming. That was huge for me. Mm -hmm. I did not want to have chaos in the salon and all these dogs in there barking and stressed out. So just being one-on-one was huge. Um, probably like the main piece of it. And then we use so all natural products
0: to clear that up too, one-on-one meaning someone walks in, you groom, you groom the dog, and then they walk out with that dog before another one comes in.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: I love yeah. that. That could also mean one family at a time. So if a family got three dogs, you know, they could bring all three at yeah. one time.
0: Got it. No, that's they amazing. Know and,
2: each other, you know,
0: right. Right. And and that is so different from the corporate experience of mm-hmm. almost, you know, kind of like you said, Delian of the, uh, you know, Come in, trim, chop out, you know, like <laughs> yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff, right? So yeah. that definitely breeds a positive environment. I'm curious, um, you know, Delian from the business side, what made you, when you were looking at this, was it always in your business plan to do retail as well and sell
2: product, or is that something that kind of came on later? Yeah, you, I feel like in, in any industry, it's essential to maximize the growth. So, but the way to do that is you got to wait for the momentum and then you capitalize on it. So. Once we started to get the grooming salon going, a lovely individual named Kelly Newton came into our salon with these flyers and this dog food samples. Like, hey, uh, boom, boom, try this. Let me know what you think, all natural, no additives, no preservatives. We actually put our dogs on it because we loved it so much. Turns out she's moving out of town. She can't run a business anymore. She wants to sell it to us. So we pretty that was just the momentum we capitalized on it. And that that how that happened. We didn't go fishing out businesses to buy or nothing. It, it just happened Oh my again. gosh.
0: So you guys actually bought that that natural treats business.
2: Well, yeah, it's an acquisition. Yeah, for sure.
0: Amazing, amazing. And do you guys still run that today or is there did you guys sell that off or to someone else? <laughs> nope, run that?
1: nope. We still run it. So yeah, he got up to show you, but um we oh still run it. So it's called Nickel City Pet Pantry. So we're Rush New York's. Um delivery source for all natural food called our brand is called Bose slow cooked pet food. And we also carry all natural treats and chews. and we do free delivery all around Western New York. Um, so we have subscription customers who get our food on a regular basis and our treats. Um, so it was, it was a no brainer. It was a great piece of the puzzle. You know, we already offer quality grooming, huge on that. So we wanted to be able to offer quality food and treats.
2: Yeah.
0: That's it. A- that's amazing. I mean, that is uh, quite the endeavor you guys have taken on. Do you guys
2: do? So very this right cool. here, right? This is the cow cheek. <laughs> no rawhide, 0% rawhide. This is straight up cow cheek, um, rolled, dried, see the rubber band marks. And then, yeah, they're very like good quality until the dog starts to eat them, but <laughs> it'll soften back up until like the natural cheek state, but it's still like all organic chews or, Hey, I hate to make this CVS, but like, these are like our rabbit burgers. This is really like rabbit meat. is freeze-dried. Um They all have expiration dates, of course, but they sell out before. That. Yeah, so we amazing. really try
1: to go for the all-natural.
2: Right. And the reason so, why that's burger-shaped, because that was like when humans are eating burgers. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they try to you know, the dog get a burger too. (laughs) Right, right.
0: (laughs) I love that. I mean, you guys really embody this idea that the dog is truly a family member. I mean, a positive Um, experience. You would never put them in a cage. Um, You know, you've got natural food, the stuff that you guys would eat yourself. I I absolutely love that that mantra, and that is such a good vibe to bring um, to the grooming experience entirely Mm -hmm. because dogs can be very scared and frightened of, you know, tremors yeah, and yeah. buzzers and
1: stuff like that. Yeah, it's not always, you know, sunshine and rainbows in the salon. Like you have the dogs that absolutely love the experience, but, you know, even since COVID, you got the dogs that are extremely fearful, have a lot of anxiety. Um, So when they come in the salon, you know, all I can do is make the experience as best as possible for them, keep them comfortable and work with them. And, you know, in our setting, we can, we can do that. We can really work with the dog. We don't have to just roll them through this scary experience
0: absolutely yeah. absolutely and and i want to cover something you just talked about there so i know you came amanda with a book of clientele but i was doing some peeking on your guys's instagram actually before our episode and i noticed that y'all do some pretty cool marketing things you guys have been on the i think it was the good morning buffalo show i might i yeah, might make an exact buffalo. daytime buffalo show and then you guys also do something with the bills uh for everyone out there that's uh, the football team up in buffalo new york you guys do something with their dogs as well so oh, yeah. first i mean what you know you guys have some crazy marketing things walk me through you know is that kind of a key driver to new business is that something you guys really just do for pr um, what's kind of the purpose of doing some of these out of the box marketing things?
2: So, you want to take this? I mean,
1: I would say honestly, our main marketing tool is word of mouth. I love it's, that, believe it or not. Like, it's not even shooting the videos, it's not even getting on the news. Yeah, it's, we're Bills it's, fans. It's, it's, it's word of mouth. And as far as grooming for the Bills players, it happened organically. Dillion, do you want to tell the story of how oh, it I happened? just
2: hit up J- Jordan Poyer? JP, he <laughs> wrote me back. We got to it, and then yeah. next nice thing you know, Hyde came along, Dawkins came along, Gary Hughes came along. They traded him. but then we got Kumaro. Yeah, so, we had Josh Allen. Uh, we, you're kidding? We, oh, I'm not kidding, man. We've we've got.
1: It started off with a simple DM, honestly, um, yeah, the from Dylan, and then word of mouth. And you know, they shared us. They shared our business with other players. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we've been grooming Bills players for I think almost three years now
2: yeah we got one tomorrow the new one. Oh yeah we the got new a ghost player tomorrow Yes, yeah,
1: super excited so um to, to just kind of talk about what you mentioned with the the event that we have right so this is our second annual um meet and treat the bills or the dogs of the bills um so people actually get to come out so we do it at this awesome venue called barkology it's an indoor dog park and bar um but people get to come out and meet our clients that we groom for and you know, people love meeting the players. So to meet their dogs, it was such a fun experience last year. And the main piece of it is that we're raising money um for some nonprofits. So we're big on giving back. So we are giving back to three local nonprofits here in Buffalo with a basket raffle. So yeah, we just kind of created a really cool event where we can implement the Bills dogs, we can give back, and it's just a, a really fun time.
0: That's amazing guys. That is so cool. I don't think many people can say that they've, they've groomed a professional football player's dogs before. And I love how simple it all started dealing just like, you know, I feel like a lot of people make big, you know, think that everything has to be this big plan that, you know, Oh, I can never groom, you know, a celebrity's dog or a professional football player's dog. Like I don't even know how I'd get to them, but you're here just, Hey, just keep it simple, you know, you know, try things out. If an Instagram DM doesn't hit, you know, try something else out. But it's like at the end of the day, you know, you don't have to overthink anything here. If you have Mm -hmm. a good quality, like you said, Amanda, and you just get one of them, the word will spread. I mean, word of mouth is the most powerful tool as long as you have quality grooms and it sounds like you guys do. And I love it how much pride you guys take in it. Um, One thing I wanted to bring up, Amanda, that you mentioned earlier is one of the core values that makes you guys a little bit different and some of the corporates is that communication that you have with your guys' clients. Mm. Give me some insight around that. You know, What are some things that you guys do to make your clients feel really valued?
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, communication is just key. So just being able to talk with them, you know, when I first started off, I had a cell phone. They can text and call me all the time, <laughs> but you know, then at some point you gotta start setting some boundaries, right? When you start to get, you know, too big. Um, so you know, they can call us anytime at the salon. We also have a text messaging system where they can write us, um, and we have a few other groomers now, so we can just be in contact with them um, for whatever reason. Um, I mean it's it's nothing big. It's you know it's just talking to them as if they were your friend, you know, if, if they were family. Um, you know, really just building that relationship. Um
0: No, that makes sense. Really, makes you know, super
1: sense. easy for me. I, I don't know. It's-
0: <laughs> yeah, cuz you're friendly and bubbly and I feel like, yeah. you know, good communication goes a very long way, you know, especially while you're a busy business owner. I mean, I know I would appreciate the heck out of that if I'm getting, you know, communication from you guys. Um that's very transparent. You know, you guys have mentioned, Delian, right in the beginning of the call, you mentioned you guys have, uh, you know, kind of a big team now. Uh, Walk me through, you know, when was that moment that you guys decided you needed to expand um, your team? And then we'll walk through a little bit about how you guys actually did that.
2: Yeah, so pretty much back to the momentum thing, the cancellation list got too large. You know, people kept calling, trying to book appointments with us a man is the only groomer it's like okay we got 70 people on this cancellation list we need to hire some people you know so it just turns into we go to indeed put out an app some people fill it out we did some interview series a few people stuck with us and that's how we still going today
1: yeah but you know picking you know the right groomer is huge for the business right um, because you'll find, you know, with me being the only groomer for a while, people were used to me and how I did things and how I groomed. And, you know, every groomer has their own little different style with how they communicate or with how they actually, you know, groom the dog. Um, so, you know, you want to find someone who's experienced, like for me, having an experienced groomer join me was huge. Um, cause it's less, you'll find you'll have less issues along the way, um, especially if you don't have the time to really train and micromanage. I'm not a micromanager, so it was huge for I me. Will. He will, but I won't. But it was huge for me to find someone who was experienced, loved what they were doing, took pride in what, what they were doing. You know, we went through a few people that did not work out. But I think one thing for us, like we won't compromise on, you know, our staff. We want to make sure we have the right person there, a good person that's going to fit with the team, treat the dogs well, um, and provide quality, you know, grooming services. And our team right now is like, like we're, they're amazing.
2: I gotta say yeah. this one thing: like we are 100% family oriented. Like you'll see, we got two groomers who literally bring their kids to work every shift, and this is like a room back there for the kids is decked out. They can hang out. And this, it saves them the headache of finding a babysitter or making the dad not able to go to work, you know, can just come to work with me and like, just like um, grooming appointments, we don't even call them grooming appointments. We call them spa days. You know, you got cool hair, you know, like when you <laughs> want to get your hair done, you don't, you're not afraid. When you walk into the barber, you're not afraid, right. you know? So we're trying to create that same effect for the dogs. We don't want them to be afraid. We want them to waddle into the shop like, all right, mom, go It's my spa day, you know, <laughs> like that's just what we're trying to get done. You know, that's what we're trying to accomplish.
0: No, I love that. I love the, you know, the just the rebrand of grooming appointment to spa day. Is there anything else within the experience that, that comes top of mind that you guys have like rebranded any of these other little titles
2: here?
1: Hmm.
2: She's the one who makes it up. The positive, P A W, positive, and you know, I, spa day.
1: I mean, I mean, nothing really else to, you know, too, too crazy. crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No,
0: I love that. Talk to me about. Um, are there anything that you do differently in terms of call it the the actual groom itself, Amanda, versus corporate? Obviously, you know, I know that they're quality grooms, but you know, do you make sure that I actually? You already did kind of mention this with the all organic shampoo. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of those things like that that are a little bit different? You know, about how you guys set up your shop with those sort of ingredients and that sort of stuff versus some of the uh, the, the way corporate does it.
1: Yeah. So we, we definitely, we, I love our shampoo brand that we use. It's called Nature Specialty. I'll definitely share that. Um, It's an all natural shampoo brand. They have lots of different uh, scents and, you know, all filled with essential oils and all that, that good stuff to really help the dog's skin and coat. Um but I think the big, the biggest difference from corporate is really that one on one. You'd be amazed. You'll in a corporate salon, most of the times a dog comes in, they get a quick bath and they get thrown into the kennel with a blow dryer on them. And then the person will start the next dog, bathe them, throw them in the kennel, then take out that other dog and then start grooming that dog, uh, you know, again. It really just creates dogs are layered on top of each other and kennels barking because there's like so many groomers in there. That's so horrible. It, it, it's horrible. It really is. So we really just, um just to minimize as much chaos as possible. We know times can get busy and some dogs are, can be loud and like to bark and talk and all that. But really our goal is just to minimize it as much as possible.
0: That makes sense. I've got two final questions for you guys, which I think you guys will have very interesting answers to. Um,
1: mm-hmm. The
0: first one, and I'm going to start with you, Dillian, is about um, being a business owner. What was, What's the hardest thing you guys have had to go through as a business owner, you know, from the beginning to now where you're standing? What's the hardest, you know, trial that you've had to get through?
2: The hardest trial, I would say not being able to control everything. So we had a a situation at the shop where Amanda and I was on the way to New York City, we almost had to turn around, you know, Um, that was a scary one. And a few similar ones like that to where, like, you want to be in control of every single scenario, but you just can't. There's no way possible. So you got to put the people you trust in those areas and rely on their communication and stuff. But I can't name one specific thing because there was, like, a few incidents, but I don't, you know, want to publish anything too wild. But
0: no, absolutely. Part, I,
2: I, I think, th- think the toughest thing is not being able to oversee everything as much as you would like to.
0: No, I love that. I love that. And, and I think that's what I really wanted to show there. You know, I obviously don't want to put you guys on the spot with anything that, you know, may have been a little personal or anything like that, but just showing uh that, yeah, just showing that, you know, it's not all, you know, rainbows and puppies. It is, it is still challenging to be a business owner. And, you know, even though it looks like, you know, how far you guys have come and how excellent your team is now and how excellent your clients are. And you guys have built such a cool brand around who you are and what you do. It came at some hey, we had to go through some hard things, and as long as we kept going and you guys had each other, we were able to get to that other end. Yeah. Um, Amanda, yeah. what about you?
1: So I mean, I guess I would say two things you know one thing is um one of the challenges um finding the right clients for you, right? not everyone's your client, and we had to I had to realize that and that you know, no matter how much of a good job you do or you put out. Not every person is the person for your salon. So don't be scared to weed out those people. And for me to kind of weed out those people, we did have like a price change and a price changing system, which did help. But you know, I always wanna make sure that um you know, we want to attract the people who are similar, you know, to us in our values and what we do. And I think we we do a good job naturally doing that. But, you know, it can be challenging having to deal with those customers who aren't right, who are not the right fit for your salon. But I would say challenge number two um, with us being husband and wife and having four children. It's just finding that balance sometimes. Right. You, um, You got to take it day by day. You know, not only do we own the salon, but we're both operating. We're we're both in here every day. Um, Even in our retail shop, I mentioned we do free delivery. We're out delivering. So it's it's finding that balance um, with family and work. But the way we roll is we try to morph and combine and find the harmony within it all. Um, But, you know, it can be challenging. So, you know, it's a big challenge. We have a five-month-old. We have a (laughs) two-year-old. Uh, 10 and a seven-year-old so throwing all that in the mix with owning a business which is also our baby right you know it brings a lot of challenges but you just gotta stay determined and your have your goals and just know it's all good give yourself grace during those hard periods
2: and that's why you shouldn't completely like cut out the big box stores you know yeah they do things a lot differently but when it comes to like creating that filter for certain customers you essentially don't want to deal with as much um, they go to those big box stores, so we need them those guys there because we're sending them business, you know yeah, so I, it's like a, it's like a give and take, you know
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a place in the market for everyone and I think it's it's yeah. cool that you yeah that that you guys pointed that out because you should be setting filters and boundaries for the clients that you accept, especially for as busy as you guys are and you know the demand that you do have, you know you shouldn't take someone that's gonna you know break your back or stress you out or anything like that.
2: Have you ever yeah. heard of Secret Life of Pets? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, you know the woman, it's a woman named Jess Rona. Okay. She groomed all the real dogs that they had to animate for the movie. Okay. She sent Amanda like a care package, like our second year in the business from California. She,
1: she, Jess Rona's, she's a really big groomer, actually, in California. She, she grooms a lot of celebrity dogs. And I it was a simple DM. I wrote her, like she's one of my inspirations and I like to learn from her, learn new things. Um so yeah, she was super down to earth and cool. I, you know, sent her, you know, a, a little DM like, hey, I just opened up the salon, and she sent me a care package. It was so sweet. A
2: bunch of shares, blades. Oh
1: yeah. like, yeah.
0: that's, that's so amazing. So it seems like there's, a, you know, leaning on community too to help you get through, you know, new new challenges is uh, a yeah. is a big kind of lesson to pull away from that. Our last question as we wrap up here is, you know, we kind of just talked about some of the trials and tribulations and maybe the hard parts and the not so fun parts about being a business owner in the grooming space. Talk to me about the best parts. I mean, why do you guys love what you do? Uh, why do you keep going?
2: Oh, you yeah, on? I
1: mean, that's super simple for me. I I love making dogs happy and people happy. I am all about positivity, so I'll be able to just, you know, to spread that you know to see how a dog comes in and how they leave it's completely different you know different like they 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 feel good when they're leaving they look good when they're leaving the owners happy so all that combined you know just is like that's what i do what i you know what i do what i do make i think it boils down to making people and their pets happy
2: yeah I, and i'll make mine sh- shorter um dogs can't speak for themselves right so we have to advocate for the for them so even, even the way we were able to stay open during the pandemic is because when I reached out to the government official, I'm explaining like matting is severe if it goes too long and it could be like detrimental to the dog, you know, and they allowed us to stay open during the pandemic and just stuff like that. Cause we understand like the dogs don't have that voice. So if mm-hmm. they going through something or they got a hangnail that's clipping into the, they don't know. So,
1: and sometimes the owners don't know
2: exactly. So Amanda started these seminars that we're going to republish one day, but we got to teach these people how to do the, the minimal maintenance at home and between appointments. So the dog is just suffering less. You know,
1: you're always comfortable, always yeah. comfortable
2: and yeah. Oh, I love that. I love
0: that. I, I love the idea of giving, you guys are here to give dogs a voice. I mean, that is such a cool yeah. thing to walk away from. Um, yeah. Guys, I really appreciate it. If people want to reach out to you or even, you know, I don't know if you guys are on social media or what, um, how, can they, how can they find you? You know, shout out your social channels, um, you know, your website, anything like that.
1: Yeah, well, our social channels are at Alfred's Angels. Um, they can find us. They can email us at alfredsangels.com. You can always DM us on you know social media as well. And our website is www.alfredsangels.com.
2: And that's A L F O R D S Angels.
1: Yeah. Perfect.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Delian and Amanda, for joining us today. You guys have been a true pleasure to talk to. It is so cool to see, um, you know, true family-owned business thriving. Today, especially through you know the economy and everything that's kind of going on here. Um, But I love you guys. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Good luck with everything. Thanks for
1: having us. This is great.
2: This is good. I'm actually nervous because I'm like I don't want to be too famous. (laughs) I'm about to make us popular, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, guys. Hopefully, that's the goal. That's the goal.
2: I'm ready for
1: this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I appreciate it, guys. I'll uh, thank you guys so much again for joining us. We'd love to have you back on, maybe you know, six months for a check in or so.
1: Yeah, oh that's yeah. Awesome, man. We'll Thanks. be back. It was yeah. a pleasure
2: meeting you, Alex.
0: Yes, sir. Pleasure. Pleasure, guys. We'll talk to you guys soon.